Turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14, Exodus chapter 14. Now, today we're looking at the leader uh, that leads through obstacles. And, and basically, when we're talking about the leader, that could mean anyone. We discussed the very first part of the, this series, that when it comes to leaders, anyone who has influence in another person's life or a group of people's lives, they are a leader. They're leading them, whether they like it or not. And we could be talking about a family leader, a leader of a company, uh, someone that you're mentoring or discipling, or even this context that we're going to present to you, even as God is leading you personally. So let's look at the definition of obstacle. Again, we're leading through obstacles. A definition of obstacle is something or someone that obstructs or hinders the progress of growth. Also means something or someone that stands against an intended goal, destination, or pursuit. Now, when we look at what we're going to be looking at today, it will make total sense why I chose the definitions that I chose here. Now, look at the introduction. While following the heart of God, you will face many obstacles along the way. Now, how many of you have lived the Christian life to know, and you know that that is true? We're going to face those obstacles, okay? Most defining moments in life have obstacles along the way. Many of those mentioned in Scripture, especially Hebrews chapter 11, had to overcome unimaginable obstacles to accomplish God's intended desires for them. And, of course, this would include Moses and the Israelites, so before we jump in here, I don't really have an illustration per se as it's going to relate this morning, except for the illustration that we're going to have straight from God's Word. But for the illustration to work, I think you need to do a little soul searching right now. You need to look into your life and, and, and try to determine what are the obstacles that I'm dealing with right now in my life. What are the circumstances I never expected to come into my life that are there now that I'm struggling with or I'm having to work through or whatever it may be? I guarantee you all of us have something out there, whether it's a health ailment, whether it's a relationship that's gone bad, it needs to be restored, whatever it may be. But there's something out there that is presented as an obstacle in your life. So as you think of that, I want to work you through a, a nine points this morning. Now, some of you are thinking, nine points, it'll take you three weeks to get through it. No, no, I'll, I'll get through it today. But I want you to look at these things as it relates to your obstacle, okay? So look on your outline. With faith, when faced with life's unimaginable obstacles, number one, realize God knows where you are. He knows exactly where you are. Now, I want you to think about the context of this in the life of Moses and the Israelites. A couple of weeks ago, we or last week and the week before, we looked at the call and the preparation of Moses and how God was raising him up to lead his people through the obstacles that he would face there in the wilderness. And of course, after that, there were 10 plagues. We kind of skipped over that to get to where we are today. The 10 plagues, Pharaoh eventually agrees to let them go. You know the story. And then they leave, and God leads them to the edge of the Red Sea. Now, I want you to think about that. Who led them there? It was God himself. God is leading them. Listen, this is important for you to understand. God is leading them to the obstacle that's coming into their life. 
And we're going to see this. And many of you already know the story. But look at Exodus 14. Look at verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pihahiroth, or whatever, between Migdal and the sea opposite of Baal-Sephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. Now who gave the instruction for them to go and camp by the sea? It was God himself. Now, I want you to look at the, the obstacles that you're dealing with in your own life. Now, some of you, if you're honest, some of you may say, well, some of the obstacles I'm facing in my life, I've brought those obstacles into my life. I did something that was out of my character. I did something that opposed what God probably desires in my life. And I'm in a big mess, to be honest with you. Well, let me ask you this. Those of you who've been Christians for many years, how many of you know that God can turn our poor choices into something still for his glory? He can. I guarantee you, every one of us have that testimony. But when you look at this, here's what you need to understand. The Israelites are going there. God's leading them there. God's got them out of the bondage that they were dealing with. And now they're free and he carries them right to the edge of the Red Sea. And you know what's getting ready to happen next. But here's what I want you to think about while you're there. Whatever you're dealing with today, God knows about it. Now think of this. No matter what your circumstance, he knows. No matter the news you've just received, he knows. No matter what you're going through, he knows. No matter your greatest worry or fear, he knows. No matter what obstacle you've run up against, he knows all about it. And there's a good chance that he puts you on the path towards that obstacle. Now, some of you are sitting here saying, well, why in the world would he do that? Well, that's what we're going to look at here in just a moment. Now think about it. If God allowed it in your life, here's what you need to understand. He's up to something. If he's leading you towards an obstacle or you're in the middle of an obstacle, listen, he is up to something. How many of you, again, have lived the Christian life long enough to know that that normally is how it plays out? That he's up to something in your life. Now, while facing the obstacles in life, remember this. Look here on the screen. Someone's written this. This is a great statement. No sea is deeper than the oceans of his love. No army stronger than his own. No force greater than his throne of grace. And no enemy who can overcome his work in our lives. Now, that's a great statement to put into your heart. As you face the obstacles or in, if you're in the midst of the obstacles that are there in your life, no matter where you are or what you're facing, listen to this, you are there in his keeping for his time, by his appointment and under his training. Let me just say this and we'll see it in the, as it relates to the Israelites. Many times that God has led me to obstacles, many times where I found myself in the midst of obstacles, let me just say this. I've learned that God uses it as a training session in my life. It, it, the obstacles that I put there myself, the obstacles that he's led me to, every time it appears to be that he's up to something, he wants to do a work, but the work is not necessarily what he wants to do around me. Sometimes the work he wants to do is right there within me, within me. So, when faced with life's unimaginable obstacles, the first thing we need to understand is we need to realize that God knows exactly where you are. Second of all, when faced with life's unimaginable obstacles, focus more on God's glory 
than your deliverance. Now that's a hard one. When facing unimaginable obstacle, unimaginable obstacles, our natural inclination is to do what? How did I get into this mess and how quickly can I get out of it? Is that normally what we think? I'm here, I don't wanna be here. Sometimes we get to the point where we're so desperate, we don't care what God has, is up to, just get me out of this. I don't like this. I don't like being here. It's a place of fear for me. It's outside my comfort zone. This is not convenient for me. And we go on and on. Some of us ask, why did this happen to me? We care to stuff other. Why me, Lord? And then sometimes we go a little bit further, and here's where we wind up. God, do you even care? Do you even care? You ever been there? Yeah. And that's where many times we find ourselves. So look at Exodus chapter 14. Look at verse 3. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I, this is God speaking, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Now, how many of you are sitting here saying, well, thanks, God. I appreciate you bringing the enemy right to my front door. How many of you would say, wow, this is not something I could celebrate, but that's what God's doing. And it says, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. That means Pharaoh's heart was hardened in such a way by God that they did pursue them. It happened exactly the way God planned. Now, some of you are sitting here thinking about your obstacle, and you're sitting here saying, okay, God, you know where I am. You, there's all these things that are around me. To be honest with you, God, I'm a little fearful here. I'm not sure where this is going to end up. And now, God, I'm finding out that you could be the author of my obstacle you are the one that led me to this point, And not only that, you're bringing the enemy to me. How many of you are like, mm, that, that, that doesn't seem right. But can it be right? Yeah, it's right. It's, we're seeing this right here in Scripture. God, here's what we need to understand. God was orchestrating their unimaginable obstacle. Listen. Number one, I believe, to remove the threat of that obstacle completely. I want you to think about this. The whole time, I mean, here's the big picture thinking. This is where we hardly ever go when it comes to what we're dealing with in life, the big picture. Here's the big picture thinking. I want you to think about this. If there was always the threat of the Egyptian army and Pharaoh coming after God's people, how well do you think the Israelites would, would, would do when it comes to who God is and what he desires to do in through them? He, they would be constantly looking over their shoulder. You get that? What he's getting ready to do here is get rid of the obstacle. But yet, what are they looking at? They, the only thing that, that they're dealing with is their fear. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But number one, when you start looking, God, what are you up to? He's getting ready to remove the obstacle. And it's going to take decades for Egypt to overcome what they're getting ready to go through. Not only that, God tells us in the text what he's up to. I'm going to bring honor to myself. Now, some of you are sitting there possibly thinking, okay, let me get this straight. 
I've got this obstacle in my life. I, I never imagined I'd ever be here in my life. This is such a tough time for me. And, and you're telling me that God may have led me here. He's orchestrating this. He's put it right there in front of me. I've looked around. It seems like I'm, it's on all sides of me. And you're telling me God may be up to some, something, nothing more than bringing glory in his life through what I'm dealing with? Is that even possible? Yes, it is. And some of you, it may even make you mad towards God. How many of you have been in something so long in your life or gone through something that's like you get to the point where I, I'm no longer interested in God's glory. I just want to be delivered. You ever been there? And y'all, that's a, that's a tough place to be. I've been there. And it is. It's one of those things in which you're sitting there and it's like, I'm tired of this. Have you ever thought about this, however? That it is a privilege and an honor to bring glory to God no matter the path we're on. No matter the path. We hardly ever get there, do we? If God can be exalted through your life, through your suffering, through your troubling circumstance, through your unimaginable obstacle, then it is a small price to pay, even if it requires your life. How many of you have read biographies of people that laid their lives down for the cause of Christ, for the cause of the gospel, to bring God glory? We're still talking about Elliot. We're still talking about those who gave their lives, some even 1,500 years ago, and we're in awe. And eternity, listen, will celebrate those types of sacrifices. And yet we're sitting here, many of us, and it's like, no. I don't care about anything right now. Just get me out of this. And I understand that. But God is up to something. Many times, I love this. If you, how many of you have ever studied the Psalms? David wrote two-thirds of the Psalms. Listen to this. Many times in the Psalms, David would start identifying with his pain and his obstacles. How many of you have read those type Psalms? He identifies with his pain, the obstacles he's dealing with. All of a sudden, he's crying out to God for his deliverance, but, but would then come to realize that those things he faced had the ability to bring God glory and eventually would lead to his deliverance. How many of you have seen that play out time and time again in the Psalms? That's how most of them are. And yet, we lose sight of what David seemed to be so familiar with. It's interesting. Have you noticed the music this morning seemed to all center around some of these thoughts we're talking about? Listen to this one we just sang. God, you are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. You're for me, not against me. But some of you are sitting here today in the middle of your unimaginable obstacle or circumstance, and you're sitting there thinking, I sure feel like he's against me right now. I can tell you he's for you. And I'll tell you that, that sometimes we just don't feel like his child because sometimes we look at it and we, here's what we do. We, we, we start attaching humanity to, to the things of God and we begin to say something along the lines, well, if I had children, I sure wouldn't treat them like this. You ever been there? And we look at it, but you see, our ways are not his ways. Here's what we need to understand about this life. And, and I know this may sound... <laughs> Bad, but I'm starting to identify that this may be true. God really doesn't care much about this life. God cares about eternity. 
And there's so much of this life that we put all the value on and everything about our lives, even our own lives. And we say, this is just too valuable to overlook. And how in the world could he ask me to give this up and that up and even my life for this cause? And and yet God's sitting there thinking, hey, guys, listen, eternity is where it's all at. It's not here in this little blip on the radar in this life. It's all about eternity. I'm working you to eternity. And that's when we begin to realize, well, maybe our focus is wrong. Next, when faith, when faced with life's unimaginable obstacles, realize God knows where you are. Secondly, focus more on God's glory than your deliverance. Thirdly, evaluate your obstacle. Have you ever sat there and tried to understand what in the world was going on? There's some of you that maybe the obstacle that you're dealing with in your life is something of your own doing. How many of you ever had one of those kind of obstacles? And you're sitting there and you're wondering, what do I do with this? Can I just tell you this? It has to start with forgiveness and repentance and confession. Some of that may have to happen in your life. But for some of you, you may be sitting here and you're like, you know something, as far as I know, I've looked, I've evaluated, I've looked through my life, I've tried to see, is there some sin I'm overlooking? Is there something that I did back here that's led to this? And I just don't see it. And everything that I have come across, I have confessed. And everything that I have done, I've repented of. And, and, and I'm doing everything that I know to be right before God, but I'm still dealing with this. Is that even possible? Yes, it is. Because as we already saw, sometimes he leads us and he orchestrates and he authors the obstacles that we face many times. You know, it's funny. So occasionally I'll look and flip through the channels on the television and, and sometimes I'll hear these, I guess, I guess they're well-meaning preachers or teachers on TV and they don't necessarily preach messages like this. It's all about God wants so much for you and if you'll just get your life right, you'll have health, wealth, and all the great things that can be offered in this life. That is not what God's word says. It's not. It says there will be struggle. There will be tribulation. Jesus predicted it. He said, it's going to happen that way. Paul came along and said, listen, what Jesus said, I'm currently living in. 2,000 years later, guess what? If we're living the cause and living what God's called us to do and our life is to bring him glory, we will face the obstacles and it will be difficult at times. But you know, those messages out there on television they're packing coliseums and they're packing all kinds of places and people are just eating it up and then you know what really happens sometimes those well-meaning christians that go and they buy into that prosperity type mentality they go and then all of a sudden there's an obstacle in their life they don't know where to turn they haven't been prepared for how to look at that obstacle they haven't been prepared to understand that god can do some of his greatest work through that obstacle but they've been told, just ignore it, it'll go away. Don't name it and claim it. Just <laughs> No wonder they can fill coliseums. Life's not about this life. <laughs> this is hard to deal with, I know. We've got to evaluate our, obst our obstacle. And the first part, it begins with your enemy. Can the enemy really do damage? The enemy is capable of doing damage 
when you allow the enemy to do the damage. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We need to understand that. And the thing that we need to understand as it comes with this is the fact that there is an enemy. We call him the, the, the devil, the, the accuser of the brethren. We call him by so many different names. But look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. Now, it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot, took his people with him. He took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. Now, again, what do we see? We see the most powerful army at that time in history coming together to pursue the people of God. Would you say that's a formidable enemy coming after them? Oh, yeah. It would be like the U.S. right now, if you put it in terms. Of course, we have things that can do great damage, turning on uh, Japan or something and saying, hey, we're coming at you with everything we've got. That'd be pretty powerful. And that's what we're looking at. It's almost like they're defenseless. They're sitting there. There's nothing they can do for themselves. But then it says, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, his army, overtook them, camping by the sea. There they were. Now let me ask you a question. Was this a group of people out of God's will? Absolutely not. God told him to go there. And then all of a sudden, God was preparing the enemy to, to strike. God worked in the heart of the enemy to strike his people. That's hard to get your mind around, isn't it? And all of a sudden, they did exactly what God wanted them to do. Now, most of the time, our obstacles are bigger than we are. How many of you have noticed that? To many times it's stuff that's totally out of our control. Totally out of our control. Unless God comes through, I'm sunk. Unless something greater than me comes through, I'm sunk. And guess what? Many times, you're going to have a hard time with this. That's exactly where God wants you to be. Where your only hope is to focus on him and to look to him. Next, when faced with life's unimaginable obstacles, secondly, evaluate your obstacle. And one of your obstacles could be your very own emotions. Your emotions. How many of you have discovered that your emotions can be your greatest enemy? They can be. Your emotions can, 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 can paralyze you. Your emotions can cause some of the greatest damage in your life. And look at what happens in Exodus 14, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. The most powerful army in the world was coming after them. And what does it say? So they were very afraid. You know what a phrase, very afraid, can mean? Terrified. You ever been terrified? They were terrified. But yet, let's remember, God knew exactly where they were. God led them there. I mean, would you say that God was up to something? 
Even, the, even if we did not know the, how the story played out, would you sit here and think, God is up to something? But here's the problem. We haven't seen how our obstacles going to play out, have we? We haven't seen how we're going to be delivered. We haven't seen how he's going to conquer the enemy. We haven't seen how our faith is going to be built. We can see their story because we saw the movie, right? But yet, listen, we can't see how what we're dealing with is going to play out. But here's my question. Can we trust him with it? We can, no matter what it is. No matter what it is. So then, listen to this. Most of the time, our fears and our anxieties, listen, keep us in bondage. Did you know that Moses had to go and tell the people, God is in on this? Let's go, y'all. God's in on this. He wants us to leave here and go out and worship him. He's saying, let's go. And do you know for a little while, their fear, listen, kept them in bondage? Do you know the story? They said, no, nah, we're going to, no, nah, this is, it's hard. This is some of the worst stuff I've ever been through in my life, but I know what this is like. It's just, even my hardships become comfortable to me. And poor us, we can't believe we're being taken advantage of like we're being taken advantage of. But listen, their fear almost paralyzed them where they didn't take those initial steps. If you read the story, you'll see it. Our fears, our anxieties keep us from moving forward, keeps us from trusting God. Someone did a survey, and this is the result. 60% of our fears never come to pass. 20% of our fears are focused on the past, which are totally out of our control. 10% of our fear, another 10% of our fears are petty, petty. And if they would come to pass, it would make little difference in our lives. Lastly, 10% of our fears could be justifiable, but really only 5% are. Meaning 95% of our fears are totally a waste of time. A waste of time. Now, <laughs> would you say what is, the Israelites faced was pretty justifiable? They saw the cloud of the dust. They saw how big the army was that was coming after them. They could see it. It was closing in. And before they knew it, they would be overtaken. Fear, listen, fear is never of God, no matter what we face. You get that, right? I'm not talking about holy fear towards him. I'm talking about fear that this world produces. Fear is never of God. And we are commanded, listen, to never fear. We are. We're called. Listen, I want you to think about this. If we're called to never fear or never worry or never have anxiety, we are called to be fearless. But how many of you are living here today or here, living here today? How many of you are here today and you're living in fear? That's contrary to who you are in Christ. You're called to live fearlessly. Next. When faced with life's unimaginable obstacles, fix your eyes on God and pray and pray. Exodus 10, Exodus 14, excuse me, the last part of verse 10. What did it say? They saw the army closing in. They were terrified. And then it says, and the children of Israel, what did they do? They cried out to the Lord. Lord, save us. Help us. 
Lord, do you even know what's going on here? Lord, why did you lead us here? (laughs) They could have said all that, couldn't they? The very things we say. Many times, obstacles are intended, listen, to turn our attention to God. Think about it. God introduced them to their obstacle. He put it in front of them, causing a reaction for them to do what? To turn to him. The most important thing we can do in our lives, living the life we've been called to live, listen, is to turn to him. And some of us, listen, some of us, it takes a lot to get us to turn to him. But boy, they were turning to him now, weren't they? They were looking to him. Their eyes were focused on him. They realized that the predicament they were in, they realized that the obstacle that was before them was greater than anything they could throw at it. Many times, crises or unimaginable obstacles in our lives, listen, turn our meaningless religious rituals into earnest pleas and desperate cries for help, directing us to a loving heavenly father. How many of you have lived that before? You're just kind of going through the motions in life. Sunday morning, where are you? Well, we ought to go to church. Probably be good to get the kids in church. Let's just go to church. Let's hang out at the church. Let's go. And for some of you, it's, it's, it's not emotional anymore. Sometimes you're not connecting anymore. Sometimes you're just going through this meaningless ritual of religion. When God says, I want your heart. I want your heart. I want you to cry out to me. I want you to, 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 to enter into the intimacy that can be ours. Instead of some ritual religion, God had their attention. When faced with life's unimaginable obstacles next, trust God to work through the obstacle. Charles Spurgeon has a great quote concerning this. Look at what he says. The Lord will make a way where no foot has been before. That which like a sea threatens to drown you shall be a highway for your escape. How many of you know how it plays out, the story? It's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. Exodus 14, look at verse 11. Then the people, the Israelites, said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is, it not, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? You see, they, they had rather choose, listen, bondage than step outside their fear. And here they are. They're saying, yeah, we should have done what we thought. This would have been much better than than living back there in Egypt and bondage would be much better than what we're faced with here today. For it would have been far better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we die, should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. You know what Moses was saying? Hey guys, quit speaking out of your fear. God knows exactly where we are. God is up to something here. Something's about to happen. Now, there were times in which Moses completely didn't see the big picture. How many of you realize that? But Moses is now saying, stand down. Moses is now basically saying, don't be afraid. Quit speaking out of your fear. Quit letting your emotions be your worst enemy. Stand still. This is great. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for who? 
for you today. For the Egyptians who you've seen today, you shall see again no more forever. They will never be a threat to you anymore. You're going to be able to go and do what God has for you and be participant in what God has for you. And no longer will you have to look over your shoulder to see that enemy anymore. He is removing the, th removing the threat today. How many of you need that kind of word in your life? I need that threat. I am sick and tired of this fear that follows me around. I am sick and tired of being held in bondage to my emotions and this thing that seems to be right over my shoulder. God is saying, I can take it away. And that's what, exactly what he's getting ready to do here. But what were they seeing? They, the only thing they could see was their fear. But God was getting ready to do something on their behalf that they could not do for themselves. Could not do for themselves. And that's where most of our obstacles are in this life. You and I cannot overcome every obstacle, solve every problem, cure every hurt, and avoid every fear. But we can trust God that he is working in our situation and will decide the time of our deliverance and or victory. It's easy to say when we know how the story ended, isn't it? But what if you were the Israelites right there by the Red Sea? Would you say, would you be the one sitting in the camp saying, guys, don't worry about this. God knows exactly where we are. He told us to come here. I don't know what he's going to do, but I can't wait to see. Would you have been one of those that day? No, we probably would have been identifying with the majority of the crowd, wouldn't we? And the reason we know that is because of what we're dealing with in our own lives right now. Why me? God, do you care? I can't believe you led me to this point in my life. And it's hard to see that, God, I know you're up to something. Can't wait to see how this is going to play out. This is going to be really cool. The Bible says in Psalms 37, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Some of you that are sitting here today in the midst of your obstacle, that's all you can do right now. Because you don't know what the next step is. But right now, you're just holding on and you're waiting for him to come through. You're just holding on. Do not fret because of him who prospers in, in his way. Don't fret that the enemy's coming and it appears the enemy has the upper hand. Don't, 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 don't go there. Don't, don't sit there and say, well, God must care more about their situation than my situation. Or Don't do the comparisons. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And then he says this. This is a good word for us in the midst of our obstacles. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. The emotion, again, is our enemy. And it can cause an obstacle to completely blow up if we act in the wrong way. Have you ever done that before? What does he say? Hey, keep your emotions in check. Don't let them be your enemy. Whatever you're dealing with, just wait patiently on the Lord. See what he's going to do. Someone, your enemy may, may have a face. It may not be some things you're dealing with on the inside. Your enemy may have a face. And, and it seems like every time you turn around, he or she is prospering while you are sitting there being ridiculed in the midst of your suffering. And you don't know what to do. And should I defend myself? Should I go after them? Should I put them in their place? But what does he say here? 
wait patiently. I'm going to settle the matter. I'm going to fix it. Willie, can you trust him? When faced with life's unimaginable obstacles, next, move forward in faith through the obstacle. Move forward. Now, we're told that because of what happens here. Now, we're to move forward, listen, while God leads. Exodus 14, verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? I've already told you what to do. Why are you coming to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand in the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. How many of you ever stood at the shore there since everybody in Cleveland County goes to Myrtle Beach? At Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Have you ever thought, man, man, that would be impressive to see everything just, if I just take the next step. Move forward, step out of my fear, step out of my convenience, my complacency, and step towards God. Maybe he'll do a miracle. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. Many times God leads us in the battle, and then there are times he says, sit back and watch. That's pretty cool, isn't it? But you know, this time they had to do, they had to do two things. They had to move forward. And then they had to get to a point where they sat back and watched. You see, most of the time there's a move we have to make when it comes to our faith. When it comes to God doing a great work in our life, there are steps of faith that we need to begin to take. And then all of a sudden we get on the other side and we see that thing that there's nothing we can do for ourselves and we see him come through. And that's what he's going to do here. Next. Move forward in faith through the obstacle when you don't understand. Most of us sitting in this room do not understand the obstacle we're dealing with. For some of us, we don't know where it has come from. For others, we think it may be some form of punishment. For others, we think, oh my goodness, I'm sitting here. I don't know what to do with this. I don't understand. God, what are you up to? Exodus 14, verse 7, God says, And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his armies, his chariots, his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained honor for myself and over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. You see, there are times, listen to this, there are times when each step is a step of faith, and the big picture is not displayed. Most of the time in our lives, we are called to take the next step, having no idea what's on the other side. Abraham, did he not have to do that? Noah, did he not have to do that? Go study Hebrews chapter 11. Most every one of them had to do that. That's the way God works. I don't know about you, but I'm a big picture kind of guy. Show me the big picture and I'll be glad to step out. And I don't understand why God says, no, we're going to deal with it one step at a time. I don't understand that. But by faith, I understand that. And we take the next step. Listen, the Bible says, this may be a good place to stop. Um, I'm not quite there, am I? Well, I I had great intentions this morning. (laughs) But let's just end on this note right here. The Bible says we are called to trust. Look at the verse here. We know this verse. We, many, many of you, listen, bless your heart. In our, in our desperation, we grab this verse. And most of us don't even say it right when we say it. 
We don't. We, oh Lord, uh, yeah, that, you know that verse. Yeah, it's in Romans. Yeah, 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 this one. Here it is. And we know. How do we know? From experience. We've taken steps of faith before. And because we took those steps of faith before, our, our, our faith muscle is, is bigger and, and, and it's more understanding and it begins to see the way God plays in our lives as it relates to what he's doing. And, and we know from experience that all things, including the obstacle you're sitting here thinking about today, all things work together for good. It's intended for great outcomes. To those who love God, those who trust, listen, and are willing to do anything for him. Anything for him. To those who are called, those who are called. Let me just tell you this. The whole, every time the word called is used in scripture, its intended implication is this, that God is going to do a work in that person's life. You're called for a work, called for a work. You understand? Either through your life or your life's going to produce the work because he's going to do it through you. But most of the time it's through it, through it. So those who are called, how? According to his purpose. Every obstacle in this room has the potential to be used mightily by God. And here's the great caveat to it all. Even the ones I caused, even the ones you caused, he can still make something beautiful out of it. I look at my life, my life with my wife and our children, and God made, <laughs> God made something very beautiful out of something that didn't begin so well. And only he could have pulled it off. Only he could have pulled it off. And many of you had that same testimony. Would you stand to your feet? Or no, be seated right there where you are. I want to ask the ushers to come forward. Father, we just lift this time up to you, Lord. We know that you've been seeking to do a great work in and through us. And, and Father, you know our attempts were to get through this sermon. But, Father, I just felt that you were just, there was just more you wanted to say through this. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, for those that are sitting here today. And maybe we don't have the final picture of how all this is going to play out. But I just pray, Lord, that you'll help bring them back next week. That we can see how all this played out, Father. And how you did a great work through the Israelites and through Moses' life. And you would desire to do the same thing through our life. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that we'll be patient, that we'll wait patiently. And, and Lord, there, there's those times you tell us to go for it and move. There's times you say, hey, just hold on. I'm getting ready to do something. Father, wherever we are in our obstacle this morning, I pray, Lord, you'll help us to be discerning. And Father, I pray you'll take this offering and use it as only you can to, to make those things that seem so bad at times to, to be good things for your glory. And Lord, I pray for the Zambia trip. I pray for the team. I pray for the hearts that are going to be touching, Father. And I just pray that you'll start the work today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>